please stand for the reading of God's word. Our first reading today comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 25 and 26. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Philippians 4, 21. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. Hebrews 24 and 25. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who come from Italy send you greeting. Grace be with you all. First Corinthians sixteen twenty. All the brothers send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. And Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verses eleven through twelve. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is the word of the Lord. Don't attend church. Be the church. Last week we heard Christ's call for the church to manifest the wisdom of God before the angelic realm and before a needy world. We manifest the gospel, first of all, by preaching it. For in that message we see the wonders of God, love and justice meeting at the cross of Jesus Christ where he was able to judge our sin on Christ because of his love for us so that we could have a living relationship with him, a transforming work in our lives, and the ultimate hope of life itself being restored as it once was. We manifest the wisdom of Jesus Christ by living out the truth of the gospel where the gospel has broken down the barriers, first of all, between Jew and Gentile, but between every race, nationality, ethnic group. The walls are all gone and we are brought together. We who are so diverse are brought together with one heart, one mind, one faith, one Lord. And that testimony to the world is a testimony that cries out to the very heart of one of their greatest desires, and that is our world would be at peace, that everyone would be one. And it's not found in our world, which is more torn apart than ever. It is and should be found in the church of Jesus Christ, beginning in the first century where it truly was a testimony to the world and it can be that testimony again today when we are the church Jesus Christ calls us to be. As we read last week, Tim Chester wrote, the Christian community demonstrates the effectiveness of the gospel. We are the living proof that the gospel is not an empty word, but a powerful word 
that takes men and women who are lovers of self and transforms them by grace through the Spirit into people who love God and others. We are the living proof that the death of Christ was not just a vain expression of God's love, but an effective death that achieved the salvation of a people who now love one another sincerely from a pure heart. People want to see the supernatural, and God says they should be able to see it in the church of Jesus Christ in the way we love one another. That was in Jesus' prayer in John 17 when he said, Pray, Father, that we would be one so that the world would know that the Father sent Jesus Christ. That is the power of the testimony of oneness. Let's pray. Our Father, it has to be a supernatural work. I look at my own heart and I see selfishness. I see self-interest above uh, interest of others. That's my natural state. But Lord, you through your spirit can bring a supernatural state in my life and each of our lives. By being imitators of Christ, by being drawn to the gospel that is so transforming of individual lives but of corporate life too. Lord, I pray that we at Westgate would be one. But more than that, the church around the world would be one. That we would truly be for each other, champion each other. Because it is the testimony of the Big C Church that is that ultimate voice to the world that says, Jesus Christ, death on the cross is powerful, real, and life-transforming. Lead us today in the steps toward that. In Christ we pray, amen. Can we be that church that Jesus Christ desires us to be? The first action that we need to take on a journey, and this is a journey to be what Christ wants us to be, the first step on that journey is to greet one another. So, this morning's sermon is about greeting. I know that doesn't sound very exciting. Uh, it's not put on the high priority list of preachers. It took me 25 years before I preached a sermon on greeting. I uh, decided to take my three-volume tome on word studies, the Theological Dictionary of the New Testament, and turn to the page on greeting to see what the der Greek derivatives were, etc. It doesn't appear in this uh, theological tome. But it was important to Paul. It was one of his priorities. We just read five different commands to the church of Jesus Christ to greet one another. Peter adds another one. Paul concludes the most comprehensive theological, doctrinally deep book of the Bible with an entire chapter of Paul's expressions of greetings to another one. That's the book of Romans. And the book of Romans is a theology book in itself, beginning with how we can know 
God through Jesus Christ and how we are to live for God. It begins with the fact that we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. And it details how each of us is a slave to sin. Each of us is distanced from God because of our sin. And then it brings us to the cross of Jesus Christ and it truly shows how his love and justice meet as he makes the payment. It calls us to believe in Jesus Christ so we can have a relationship with him. And then it explains what belief is, what that type of belief is in Christ. Then it speaks of the work that God does through the Holy Spirit in the life-transforming work in believers. And it calls us to our commitment to Jesus Christ and then brings us chapters of how we specifically live that Christian life out. It's a full book, a wonderful book. The last chapter, Paul specifically mentions 25 different people. And by the way, he's never been to Rome. 25 different people he wants greeted along with churches and families he's never known before. Greeting was very, very important to Paul. So what I want to do this morning is answer three questions. Why is greeting so important? How are we to greet one another? And what is the motivation for us to be greeting each other? So why is greeting important? Greeting shows that we value one another. Let me read from Romans chapter 16. It says, I commend you to our sister Phoebe, servant of the church at Crentia, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she's been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Apepnitus, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andricus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They're well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stitches. Greet Apelles, who is approved, approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. And he goes on and on and on. How would you like your name to be on that list? What would it say that your name is recorded for posterity in a greeting from Paul? Really what it says is, Paul knew these people. He valued them. They were important to him. And that's what greeting says. Now, on the other hand, if someone walks by us, not a word, a hi, no eye contact, we feel like we don't matter. Now, that may not be the message we're trying to send, but it's really the message we're receiving. And uh, 
I have been a great offender of that. Even now, I'm often rushing around the church trying to make sure certain things are in place and I can just pass you by and leave you with a feeling like, there he goes. And I apologize for that and uh, ask your forgiveness when I've done that. But I was worse than that, too. Uh, Before I really looked at all these greeting passages, I, I wasn't the best of greeters, may not be now, but um, I was so bad that one day after, after reading these, I, I should greet people better. I greeted an individual, and he, he was a little surprised, and I started to talk, and he, said, he got this relief look, and he says, oh, when you said hi, I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> so... Uh, Greeting's important because we say we matter to each other. Greeting's important because it really conveys the heart of a church, especially to newcomers. I mean, put yourself in the place of a newcomer. Now, today, usually the first impression a person gets is the website. And uh, we, we begin to understand a lot about the church and get a feel for the church. And, and then they drive up to Westgate and Weston. By the way, Weston is uh, the wealthiest community on mainland Massachusetts. There are some people who won't go to church in Weston because they feel, I, I, I'm not a Weston-type person. So they, they make their way to Weston, and then they see our building. It's not a shanty. It's a very nice building. It's a beautiful building. It's well-kept, and it should be. And I want to thank the, the deacons for all they've done to keep it up, and especially all the hard work they've done in the carpeting over the last year. But it's well-kept. It's expensive furniture, chandeliers, and the sanctuary. And so that's an impression the building gives And some people, and I've heard not a few, say, I I don't know if I I feel I belong at Westgate. That's truly been an expression. So the next impression is if they happen to come across somebody in the parking lot. uh, And we often don't think about that of greeting people in the parking lot, a newcomer, but... Usually, they, people don't expect any greetings in the, the parking lot. So they come, and now they're greeted by our warm, uh, our warm greeters, and they truly are. And our greeters help acclimate them to uh, what the, the, the particular need might be in the church and help them feel comfortable. And then they keep going, and then they meet the rest of us. And the question is, do we continue that warmth and help that build as we greet them and help them feel comfortable when they come into our sanctuary? Or is the way we respond undo what the greeters began? When my boys were just hitting their teen years, we visited a church that I was told is among the most friendly churches 
in the, the greater Boston area. And we came to, to the door of the church, and man, they had the best greeter I have ever, ever experienced. I really have. And let's take a lot of lessons from warm, friendly, really acclimating, joyful, uh, tremendous presence, great handshake. And I went into the church, and the only person that I ever got greeted by again in that church was the person in front of me who greeted me when the pastor made people greet one another. And so I left thinking, boy, that greeter was great, but it's almost like this professional greeter and uh, like this false impression that's given of the church by getting this perfect greeter. See, it's the rest of us that really make the difference and how people feel. Um, we Greeting is important because it's our introduction to one another. It's, our, it's the first words we speak in continuing relationships with one another. Um, I cannot begin to get to know a person until I say hi, until I greet a person. And then I don't know where it goes from there, but it can go in some really good directions. But at least that person knows I care when I greet them. Um, if I don't greet someone, then I am passing by that person just like I'm passing by some stranger in the grocery store or, or the street. But see, the Church of Jesus Christ, we're not strangers to one another. As we saw last week, we're fellow citizens, but we're much more than that. We are the household of God. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We have one Father, the same Father. Our relationship, our spiritual relationship, is thicker than blood, according to God. We are more important to one another than our own physical families. Because we're that spiritual family. We're the body of Jesus Christ. That's how connected we are. Different, serving in different ways, but we are all one in that body of Jesus Christ. And so, of course, greeting connects us. It's supposed to go far beyond that. The Bible teaches, well, we teach 32 verses about what God says, commands, and how we are to relate to one another in the Bible. We teach that in our, our newcomers course. Just a few of those. Love one another. Serve one another. Speak truth to one another. Teach one another. Confess your sins to one another. Forgive one another. Be reconciled to one another. Meet the needs of one another. Admonish one another. Encourage one another. Help one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Scripture says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Let your love be genuine. And so, the church has called us, you know, God's called us to much more than greeting each other. He's called us to be this. And that's the journey we need to be on to truly live these out. But it starts 
with us greeting each other. We never get to know each other unless we start there. So, greeting is important to God. It's important to the church being the united church that God calls us to be. So, the second question is, how should we greet one another? And we read here, greet one another with a holy kiss, 1 Corinthians 16, 20. Greet one another with a holy kiss, 2 Corinthians 13, 12. Greet one another, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss, 1 Thessalonians 5, 26. Peter, greet one another with a kiss of love. Okay, so the Bible says we greet each other with a kiss. Now, in the Greek, it really, what the real tra- Greek translation is greet one another with a warm handshake. <laughs> so, uh, no, the, um, the point that Paul's trying to get across is not that, make sure you kiss one another. The point is, make sure you greet one another. Now, the cultural way of greeting was with a kiss. And so Paul says, greet one another with a kiss. But the type of kiss is a holy kiss. That's the, that's the whole feel that's given when the kiss is given. And so the, the real message is we need to greet one another, but in the way that the culture says you greet one another. I mean, one of the things about the U.S. is that we are very diverse. We have a number of different cultures and therefore a number of different ways of greeting each other. There are those cultures that greet with a kiss on the cheek. There's others that greet with a kiss on each cheek. You've got to give both cheeks. I found that out as I hang out with Karen and her Latina friend. You've got to make sure it's both cheeks. Uh, the hug is, is a greeting. The warm handshake is a greeting. Um, the uh, high five is a greeting, the fist bump, and of course, the jumping chest bump. (laughs) So, uh, the idea is that we don't need to shy away from physical contact. I read many years ago, Ross Campbell's international multi-million dollar seller, uh, seller, How to Really Love Your Children, and he talks about Love is expressed through eye contact, focused attention, and physical affection. And I think those are things that we need to remember. And some eye contact really focused attention, uh, physical affection. But the overriding principle is this is about a greeting. It's about holy. And as Peter says, greet with a kiss of love. The idea is that we are conveying, we matter to one another. I want to to know you. You, uh, It's it's conveying love. So we want to make sure we're doing it with something that's sensitive to the other person. The other person must feel comfortable with it. We don't greet in our way because it might communicate something different to that person. So we're always being sensitive to each other as we greet. Now, as I search the scriptures for other tips about greeting, um, I haven't found any. However, we have a congregation of mature Christians, many mature Christians here, who have been greeting for years. And so I would love to hear some of your insights 
into what has been helpful, what you've experienced, a tip you might give about greeting so we become better and better greeters. So I'm going to take a moment to put you on the spot uh, to see if anyone might want to share that. And, uh, you know, just speak loud enough to, uh, to, to, so everybody can hear. Uh, I might have to repeat a little bit of it if I hear it. But uh, go ahead and, uh, by the way, I did this seven years ago and I had so many good responses from the congregation. I said, I've got to do this again uh, and just give it a try. It might, yes, Thank you for that, and uh, I think that's something others have noticed too. And that's, uh, you know, God's working in us that way. Yeah, thank you.
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah that that's the tops yeah <laughs>
Any other thoughts? This is great. This is great. Yes. Did everybody hear that over here? Just share it. Oh, you go.
So, uh, one last thing I might I would add. You covered so many things, and I hope this is clear on the tape, each voice, because I'll put it in my next, next time I preach this, put those, all those tips in the sermon, um, is that, especially when we go downstairs, it's interesting because we, we have, a fe- have had fellowship hour to enhance fellowship, but in some cases, it, it hurts fellowship, uh, because people naturally meet up here and connect with whoever's around them. Sometimes when we get downstairs, we get in tight with the people who we're close to and don't look around for the people who aren't included at any time. And we also find that we might get downstairs, we might get in a, a circle and somebody comes along that wants to maybe talk to or engage somebody but the circle stays closed. And just one recommendation is when we see somebody come up, just open up the circle, invite them into the conversation that, that's going on. And I know we that's never our intention to block anyone out, but we get so focused on, on uh, the, the conversations that are going on, we lose peripheral vision. And uh, so let's just keep keep that open too and then I think the fellowship downstairs will be as as warm and welcoming as upstairs. So the last question is um, what motivates us to be a greeter? First of all it's not in order it's not in order to get more people into the church. We want the people in this church that God wants in this church and it's one of the things we talk about as greeters. Our purpose in for the greeters is for people to give them a sense of the spirit of Jesus Christ here and of who Westgate is and wants to be. We're not trying to give uh, a different picture of who Westgate is in order to get more and more people. We don't greet them warmly, so maybe they'll now stay in Westgate. Uh, The Church of Jesus Christ has a big C, and it surrounds us as well as with us. And so we just want to convey, again, who Christ is, who we are, and um, to some extent, who we want to be, who God's called us to be, and leave the Holy Spirit to, to guide people to where they'll go to church. Um, the second thing, we, we do not greet people to give an impression that we're warm if we're not warm. That's fake. God says, let your love be genuine. And if it's not in our hearts that we care enough about people to greet them, we don't want to give a false impression. But God wants our hearts first and draws our hearts to not only love him but to love one another. And then that greeting will just flow from us if we just are aware of it. And that's the reason that this sermon's here is just to make ourselves aware of it. And uh, so it's really when we get the gospel of Jesus Christ in our hearts that warms our hearts. Philippians chapter 2 tells us the real motivation. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also at the interests of others. That's the call. We greet because we're looking at the interests of others. We're not thinking about ourselves first and who we could connect with, but we're thinking of others and who need, those who need connections. And it is, have this mind among yourselves, which was in Christ Jesus, who, 
humbled himself by taking on humanity and dying on the cross for us. It is that heart of Jesus Christ that is to fill our hearts. And when we are full, it overflows. I've given this illustration before, but Bill Gates and Warren Buffett give billions of dollars away they have pledged tens and tens of billions of dollars to charities and people in need. I could give all of my fortune and I would not give one one hundred thousandth of what they give. And yet Warren Buffett thinks many people give much more than he does. And he says this, more than 99% of my wealth will go to philanthropy during my lifetime or at death. Measured by dollars, this commitment is large. In a comparative sense, though, many individuals give more to others every day. Millions of people who regularly contribute to churches, schools, and other organizations thereby relinquish the use of funds that they would otherwise benefit their own families. The dollars these people drop into a collection plate or give to United Way mean foregone movies, dinners out, or personal pleasures. In contrast, my family and I will give up nothing we need or want by fulfilling this 99% pledge. What he's saying is, I have so much, it's nothing for me to give. When we are so filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are filled by his love, when we understand our significance, our identity, when there's nothing else we need from anybody because we have it all in Christ, then it will flow out of us. And everyone might say, wow, they're friendly and warm, aren't sacrificial, and we'll say, what? I have so much to give because I have so much of Christ. I want to leave us with uh, a video that may be an image for us of what greeting can mean. She is running a hundred miles an hour in the wrong direction She is trying But the canyon's ever widening In the depths of her cold heart So she sets out on another misadventure Just to find She's another two years older And she's three more steps behind does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our steeple With all the lost and lonely people Searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? She is yearning For shelter and affection That she never found at home And she is searching For a hero to ride in To ride in and save the day Prince Charming and he knows just what to say Momentary life 
steeple with lofty glances from lofty people that can't see past a scarlet letter and we've never even met her if judgment looms under every steeple if lofty glances from lofty people can't see past a scarlet letter and we've never even Our Father, we thank you that you have drawn us to yourself to have that relationship with you. We thank you that you've drawn us to one another where we can be that circle of friends and family. There are so many that have uh, such a need. Holes in their lives that Christ is desiring to fill. You've made us the bridge to you. Our Lord, may we love one another. May we love our neighbor as ourselves. May we not just in this place be aware of the people around us, but as we enter into our communities, may we know there are many hearts that are broken in need of Christ. And we have Christ. And all they need is Christ. Because all we need is Christ. Amen. Jesus said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He came and he sought us. Let's stand to sing, all I have is Christ.